The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You. I'm Leo Ryan and joined here is my co-host and friend, Ron Galuli. Ron, good to have you in the house. Good morning, Leo. Great to see you. So what are you going to ask me about? Well, I know you've been doing some work with the Natick Sustainability Committee, and uh, I know you gave us an update several months ago. You were working with the public library, and we were talking to B2Q about comprehensive retrofits. So anything going on at the Natick Sustainability lately? Name drop in there with the B2Q right at the start of the show. Well done. Well done. Yeah, well, the big news is that after six years, I'm going to step down as the chair. So that's the, kind of the big news. So they'll find a, find a spot to replace me. I think six years is a long enough time. We started the committee right after we did a solarize project. So introduced, try to educate the community about residential solar. And then recently we're winding down a heat pump campaign. And I, I've got heat pumps in the house. I did the whole home conversion about just under two years ago and got a nice check from the utility for that, a nice incentive check. And so folks came by the house to talk about their process. And what I was struck by is how complicated practice it is. People have to really dive in deep. They need to understand their home. Oftentimes there's not an energy expert resident in those homes. So I'm struck by, you know, I'm in the trade and, and, and I know the process and still it was a challenge for me and for, for, for residential homeowners. So we do a lot of education. And today we've got somebody with us from National Grid that's gonna to talk to us specifically about some of the incentives that are available for small mid-sized companies. Yes, and he is an expert in the field. Kevin Silveria, welcome to uh, Energy Matters to you. Good to have you here. Thank you, uh, Leo and Ron, for this uh, opportunity. So Kevin, why don't you start by, uh, by introducing yourself and, and your role with National Grid? So my name is uh, Kevin Silvera, and I am a senior energy efficiency engineer at National Grid, who is the subject matter expert for electrification. And how did you come by that title, subject matter expert? What, what is it in your background that qualifies you to say that? So it has been a long journey to get to where I am, but um, my previous role before I was at National Grid, I was implementing installations of heat pumps at multifamily sites. So I was the project manager, designer, and implementer for these projects through the MassSafe program. So before then I came over to National Grid, there was an opening for uh, a subject matter expert for electrification. So I am assisting commercial and industrial sites to electrify their buildings from heating and cooling systems to process loads. We host guests here on Energy Matters to you probably 10, 12 times a year, and I'd say 80% of them deal with electrification of the infrastructure of existing buildings. So you're in a spot where there's a, there's a lot of questions and there's, there's a lot of incentives to get this done. So, so what's National Grid doing in terms of education and incentives to, to drive change in this part of the marketplace? So National Grid is a part of the MassSafe program, which is driving the electrification goals. So National Grid is a small part of the overall state uh, level planning to electrify the Commonwealth. So National Grid has a team dedicated to creating policies to incentivize and help commercial and industrial sites to electrify their buildings. We are 
able to pay for studies to give building owners understanding of their building systems and the best way to electrify them. And we, we pay for those studies and assist on payment of more technical studies. And then we also pay to pay for equipment that will assist in the electrification. So anything from uh, air source heat pumps to air to water heat pump systems, heat recovery chillers to unique process loads where we are able to convert a diesel compressor to electric compressor. We are willing to pay to get fossil fuels, to stop using fossil fuels and convert that energy consumption to cleaner electrical supply. Before we get into the technologies, because I want to have you walk through some of those technologies and some of the challenges, tell us about uh, who the marketplace is. Like who, who's, a, who's a good candidate for, for these kind of conversions? So all buildings have opportunities in them to convert uh, fossil fuel to uh, electric and there, there's a wide range from schools to pharmaceutical companies to anywhere from multifamily all the way to uh, your local convenience store. There, there are opportunities at every level of the building uh, construction in the state. Kevin, as you go through and give that list, are there um, communities that are, say, more advanced or more open to these conversions and others that are more resistant? Can you, can you profile the community of, of buyers that way? So we have seen uh, a lot of interest from uh, larger companies that have uh, sustainability goals. And we also have seen a lot of interest from municipalities that have a mandate to convert their infrastructure to a uh, low carbon infrastructure. Okay, good. So having laid out, so municipalities and those with sustainability goals, those tend to be leaders that step forward looking for, for opportunities. How about the laggards? Where, 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 where's this resistance in the marketplace? Where, and you can name names if you think that's helpful. <laughs> I would say um, buildings that are, are focused on their end products where there are high margins and the energy input is an afterthought to to their profile, their their portfolio. Now you started to list for us some of the technology: air, uh, air source heat pumps, uh, heat recovery systems, process loads. You, do you have any special stories where maybe there was an initial resistance on the part of a, a client, and uh, having gone through the national grid process, they they recognized an improvement in 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 their operations as well as operating costs. We had a customer uh, in Boston where they had a high high rise where they were planning on going from steam to hot water. And when discussing their overall building systems, I asked them, did they have year-round cooling and heating loads? And after some thought, they were like, yes, we have a server room that has air conditioning year-round. We have domestic hot water heating year-round. So with that, system, we were able to convince them to put in a heat recovery chiller to supply heat from the air conditioning of the, the server room year round. 
So that was a, uh, a good opportunity that was created that was kind of outside of the box thinking for this customer. So Kevin, I know um, we've, our team's been fortunate to work with, along with you and Anthony Carloni on the electrification. And we meet every couple of weeks and I'm always amazed at the potential opportunities out there. I learn something new every time on one of those calls. One of the areas where there seems to be a big opportunity is that small and medium customer that has rooftop air conditioning units. And I've been doing some research on the hybrid units or heat pump units. Seems to be a little slow for that market to take off. I don't know if it's a supply problem, but it seems like a huge opportunity there for customers, especially in that mid-size range to take advantage of electrification in the heat pump market. Yes, the there has been a growing interest in the hybrid heat pump rooftop units. And the reason those are a good solution is that the existing electric infrastructure is already there to be taken advantage of. And we are still able to keep that gas back up for the coldest days of the year where the heat pumps may not be able to keep up without over-designing the existing system. So the mass save is in development of a specific rooftop program where we're going to be enticing uh, manufacturers to supply our local distributors with stocking that equipment and having better, more specific rebates for those pieces of equipment. We currently have a program where we are where qualifying units are eligible for $2,500 per ton of cooling capacity installed. So we are looking at significant incentives for uh, pieces of equipment currently. That's great to know because, uh, as you know, they're all over the place. And a lot of them are old, so it's a, the market's ripe for replacement. Yep, and they are currently listed on the, qualify, the Mass Save Qualified Products list that is on the MassSave website. So Kevin, let's stay right in that space there because you, know, you talked about manufacturers and distributors and, and, and we're talking about some specific locations. You mentioned the municipalities, but I'm wondering how, how does the community of potential buyers and energy savers, how do they learn about these programs? And also like who, who in their staff might be the person that steps forward and, and, um, and, and does the investigation? So. The majority of our inquiries are from uh, building operators, so uh, maintenance staff or uh, sustainability personnel on the staff that are, are typically the leads on figuring out these programs. The, the best starting point for these energy efficiency programs and the electrification programs is the MassSave website at this time. And from that website, you can figure out who the program administrator is for your region. And then that will get you contacts for specific individuals on the national grid team or Eversource team or Cape Light compact team that can give you specifics on your projects. But a starting point for the programs and education would be the MassSave website. How about those, the manufacturers and distributors? Are they helpful in getting the message out and in driving the, the, the equipment change? We are currently partnering with manufacturers to inform them on the rebate systems. And we have had 
very good success with manufacturers helping customers the information needed to apply for these rebates. So we are working hand in hand with distributors, manufacturers to help customers and installers get the best incentives for their customers. Ken, why don't you tell us, where do those rebates come from? And give us an idea. You, you mentioned one rebate, a do- dollar value. Just give us a sense of you know, where, where the money's pooled from and then uh, how is it being returned back to the, to the marketplace? So the, the money that is being pooled comes from the ratepayers of Massachusetts. So on every utility bill, they are paying into the sustainability, the energy efficiency fund and electrification fund. So this is money that's being raised from the ratepayers of Massachusetts and being returned to them in a cost-effective manner. And you, you talked a little bit about the, you know, the, the types of recipients of this. Is it small companies, mid-size, or only large companies? It seems like large companies will have, may have a, a resource dedicated to energy management, but small and mid necessary don't. So is it, is it one of those communities better than another to receive the benefits? No. The, the incentive range, incentives range from small buildings to large buildings and the sophistication of the buildings. So the smaller customer with a a rooftop unit has a a less complex system. So the cost to electrify is going to be lower and the incentives vary based on that sophistication. So a larger building where say a pharmaceutical company has really sophisticated controls, a lot of different equipment, there is money available for that for from the top to the bottom. Whereas the smaller buildings, there are there smaller technologies, so the incentives are different for that. Well, I've seen a number of like sustainability-focused plans for, for municipalities and companies, and they put down a 2040 date or a 2050 date, and most of that hinges on their capacity to get their infrastructure uh, fully electric. So, Kevin, can you guarantee that they'll be done by 2040 with with your work? The the Plans to electrify the grid are are on the way. So it is. We need to do everything at once to meet our our target goals. So we need to be electrifying buildings at the same time we are increasing renewable um, sources while building out in the grid infrastructure to meet that to meet the transition transition needs. So. We have always been able to achieve our delivery goals at, at National Grid. So I do not foresee an issue with the grid expanding its capabilities to meet the demand of the electrification needs. Kevin, on that point about grid planning, I know I was speaking with my staff at the uh, conference in Boston, AWE East. And we were talking about the need for grid planning. And uh, coincidentally, I received an invitation to join the listserv for the Grid Modernization Advisory Council, which is in Massachusetts. So the good news is that utilities are working with the state to plan, and there is a public forum to participate. So that that is the good news. So plans are underway to make that grid compatible for all this electrification that's happening. And 
at the same time, when we are electrific- electrifying a building, we are also reducing the demand on that building as much as possible through weatherization and other energy efficiency uh, methods. So when we are planning to electrify a building, we are looking at the building as a whole and trying to reduce the dependence on the grid as much as possible in order to achieve those electrification goals. Well, Kevin, I feel we could talk all day on this. There's a lot of work to be done clearly. So thank you very much for the work that you're doing on the part of National Grid. It is really important work and um, the utilities have to play a major role and and, and guys like you are are helping make it happen. So so thanks again for your work. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Kevin. Outstanding. And thanks to the folks who are reaching out to be part of the the podcast community. Um, As always, just reach out to Ron or I on on LinkedIn. That's great. Uh, Kevin Silvera, National Grid, uh, thanks for being here as, as, as part of our show. And best of luck. We'll be following your work and the folks you help influence. So on behalf of uh, Leo Ryan, Ron Galuli, this has been Energy Matters to You. There's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to You comes from National Grid, Raytheon, Siemens, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Eversource, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Mechanical Insulation Solutions Network, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, QGM Consulting, Acela Energy Group, Sane Engineering Associates, B2Q Associates, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Emergency Management Associates, and FMC Technologies. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on Energy Matters to You? We're seeking professionals in the energy industry to offer insight, strategy, and solutions. For more information, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information on the Association of Energy Engineers New England chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.